You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Colossians, and of course we've, uh, we've just kind of parked here for a little bit in Colossians 3.21 where the Bible says, uh, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Uh, and then we've also looked at the verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I find it so interesting, and I don't know about you, have you ever thought about that? As far as New Testament instruction to child rearing, the number one thing it seems that God wants to get across is, fathers, don't make your kids mad. Now, I'm not talking about discipline, stuff like that, but don't, don't intentionally provoke your kids to wrath. Don't, uh, don't do something that's going to cause them to rebel. And, and, and uh, what else did it go to say? Provoke not your children uh, to wrath, um, lest they be discouraged. Don't discourage your kids. Uh, try to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Of course, the title has been Shooting Straight with Our Kids because we're looking at the Old Testament picture out of Psalm uh, 127, verse 3, where the Bible says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. 
And, of course, the, you know, the pitch and illustration is not going down to shields, but understanding that those ancient arrows would start off looking something like this um, and have to be worked on and whittled down. And so, uh, but that's the, that's the job of the parents is to try to work and to vote time and purpose and to have a vision for their kids about launching them out into the world and taking them from looking like this to looking like this, a polished shaft that can be launched out and accomplish the purpose for which it was made. So we've looked at many things about this. I've shared that this is a subject I'm very passionate about, uh, I, and I, I always want to do a disclaimer every time I talk about uh, raising kids and how to raise children. Man, praise God, uh, my quiver had four arrows in it, <laughs> um, uh, which is to say four children, uh, and we've uh, launched one out, launching out the second one here uh, very soon in 100 days from now. And we've got another two uh, that are uh, still in the quiver uh, that we're working on. Uh, and, but I want to say, when I think about this, number one, I don't claim to be an expert. And to this day, I feel like so much of what God's done in our children, and I've got to be careful here, because I know that my wife and I have both made an effort to look at the instruction, the principles in the Word of God. All kids are a little bit different, you know that? Um, but there's principles in the Word of God that tell us how that we can bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that tell us how that we can uh, work on them to get them ready for the world, to be launched out into this world. And so we have definitely made an effort, but still I feel like that ultimately what God's done in the hearts of our children Believe me, I give God all the glory for that. And in preparing for these messages, uh, it was hard for me not to beat myself up, you know, thinking about all that I could have done differently, should have done differently, should be doing differently. Uh, but by the grace of God, understanding that uh, I, there's not much I can do about yesterday, Dan, but there's something I can do about tonight and, and going forward. And so matter, no matter what age your kids are, I'll tell you this right now. This is nothing about drumming up the past and beating yourself up for sure about what you did or didn't do uh, with your kids up to this point, okay? But it is meant to be uh, instructional and encouragement to those who still have uh, kids or maybe yet to have children at home, young children. But then there's other practical things we can all learn, whether we have children, uh, young children, teenage children, or whatever. But again, okay, number one, shooting straight with our kids. So far we've looked at our, the number one admonition, as I've already alluded to, is to lift our children, to be an encouragement to our children. Number two, to limit our children. That's part of the nurture and admonition of the Lord, uh, what they need, what they don't need. Uh, our kids learning to be limited, that we don't indulge. You don't just give your kids everything uh, that they want. And uh, there, there's a limit there. We do that because we care about kids, right? Uh, I've uh, in life, kids have to realize that you can't have everything you want and, and that there's consequences to action and so forth in life. So we, we lift our children, we limit our children, but then tonight we're going to look at uh, the third point as we begin part three of shooting straight with your kids, and that is love your children unconditionally. Loving our kids unconditionally. Um, whether they perform or not, 
whether they are whatever they are, love them unconditionally. Doesn't matter whether they're smart, whether they're not so smart, whether they're fit, whether they're not fit. It doesn't matter. We love them. And, you know, even in, uh, you know, and, and even as we work and wield, you know, and try to work on this, this uh, soon-to-be arrow, we see that there's work to be done. So you don't just say, oh, no, you're good. You just need to be like this. We see that there's work as we encourage, but we love them unconditionally. And we may say, okay, here's an area of your life you need to work on. You're never going to be shot off straight with this hanging out there, okay? Now, understand this. I love you unconditionally. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to work on this particular issue you have right now in your life. Uh, now, it doesn't change whether or not I love you or not. Um, but this is just an attitude, or this is just a problem with your attitude or with your character, uh, whatever it may be. I love you unconditionally, uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't say, okay, now, how can we address uh, a particular issue or something in your life? But again, I want to emphasize loving unconditionally, loving your children. Now, we shouldn't have to be told to love our children, but I think we do need to love and express love to our children. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. I heard it years ago. I thought it was really interesting. It's almost cliche, but I think there's still a lot of good truth to it where somebody says that children uh, spell love. How do they spell love? You know the old saying? T-I-M-E, time. Because sometimes as a parent, we don't want to take time with our kids. Uh, life is busy. And maybe there's other things that we could be doing. And so rather than spend time with our kids, we want to show our kids we love them by maybe buying them stuff or by never telling them no and letting them get by with a bunch of things. But really, if we really want our kids to feel the love and know their love, we should spend time with our children. Uh, and in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6 really paints that picture um, this isn't probably queued up quite yet. This is because I'm going to give you some, some of this for, for later. But in Deuteronomy 6, there's definitely time in the context of this ancient uh, passage that deals with how we raise our children. Spending time with our children. Telling our kids that we love them. Now, I wouldn't maybe, I wouldn't ask for a show of hands. But I have been amazed, and I and I tell you, I understand. I'm uh, I'm not picking on the place where I live or anything, but I have never met so many people in my life since I moved to this part of the country that have told me that their parents have never said they love them. I've never heard that as much as I've heard it here. It's like, um, you know, matter of fact, I think I can't think of too many people that ever. Uh, that ever told me that I, I remember hearing people matter of fact i remember hearing people say that and i didn't even believe them i didn't even believe that that was possible i thought they were just being dramatic but i found out that that was a thing now i want to tell you right now our kids need to hear that we love them our kids need to hear that we love them and 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 i understand that it's more than just telling them that we love them but they need to hear that we love them i you know i mentioned really I think over the last two weeks about blessing and cursing it's we, we bless our kids when we let them know that we love them we express our love to them again uh, love that's unconditional now 
Think about this. Always try to think about your kids in relation to God. Do you ever think your kids got something silly that's maybe bugging them? Uh, yeah, yeah, you ever have a kid get upset about something? Now listen, I may be talking about from the youngest up to the teens or whatever. And you're just like, oh my gosh, are you really upset about this? Really? You know, Anna gets worked up over something. Really, Anna? Uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, our kids do that. Or maybe our kids are just trying to come talk to us. Uh, if you've got a kid that's a talker, uh, I'm not sure if Anna's one of those or not, but, but there, there are some kids that are talkers, some kids that are not. But when you've got a kid that's a talker and they come, and, 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 and you, this may come as a surprise to you, but I've always been a bit of a talker. <laughs> yeah, actually, really, yeah, really. Uh, but you know how people that like to talk like to talk, don't you? We like to talk like this. Uh, you know, uh, Melanie says, hey, Jesse, uh, tell Dan about that deer you saw on the way to church tonight. Oh, man, let me tell you. So we were leaving Sioux City, and we pulled out, and, and I saw Richard. He, he rode by, and he was, I think he'd probably gone over to, you know, Lake Port Commons, and, and we were coming up, and this person was going so slow in front of me, and, and then Melanie's over there wondering, <laughs> we had a conversation like this with uh, Chad and Doria, uh, I think, last week. And Chad's like, wait, are you still talking about the deer? You know, where's this story going? So, right, you know when your kid's like that. And you're just like, come on. Here's the point that I want to try to make, though, when it comes to our kids. What's that that really, really upsets you? What is that that really, really actually, I mean, breaks your heart, causes you not to know what's going on, causes you to feel like you can't hardly? Now, let me, let me ask you something. When you bring that to God, does God think, oh my gosh, that is crazy. What are you going to do? That is a big deal. No, God doesn't. God, God sees that as like, that's nothing. I, I, I can face every problem in the world all at once with Satan and all the forces of hell fighting. But God doesn't say, what are you crying for? What's the big deal? I'm glad when I come to God, and start talking, you may not want to hear my story, the five-minute prelude that leads up to the deer. But you know what? God does. I'm glad that I never come to God, Sarah Sue. I, I, I may be this kind of person. I hope I'm not. But, but the kind of person you see coming, you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have time. Don't have time. I got to avoid Jesse, you know. Here he comes. I've only got 10 minutes, and I know he's going to talk to me half an hour, you know. Aren't you glad God's not like that? <laughs> I got this weird thing, man. I, I put on a ball cap, and all of a sudden, I just disappear. It's crazy. People don't recognize me in a ball cap. I can just pull that ball cap down, and it's just like I'm the invisible man. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a superpower. But I'm glad that when God sees me coming, he doesn't say, oh, my gosh. Here it comes again. I bet he's going to be going on and on about that other problem again. Okay, here's what you, you get the point I'm trying to make, don't you? One of the ways we love our kids unconditionally is that we can listen to our kids. We take time to listen to our kids. How do you want God treating you with your problems and the things you're upset about? Treat your kids that way. Can I say this? Treat other people that way. Now remember, I'm in preaching mode right now 
And so my wife and kids are listening to me, okay? So I, I admit, the things I'm trying to tell you are right are the things I'm striving to do, not always the things that I'm doing, okay? But they're things that by the grace of God I'm striving to do. Uh, so love our children. Uh, I'm glad God cares about our silly problems. I'm glad he cares about us. I'm glad that we're always, I'm glad about something else about God. I'm glad we're always welcome home. I'm, I'm glad that God's love for me is not based on how I'm doing and if I'm following the rules or if God's told me a hundred times and I'm still not doing it and so God closes up his love for me and says, you know what, I'll, I'll open up my arms again to you when you start acting right. God doesn't do that, does he? Now, now he corrects us when we're wrong, don't misunderstand me. But the point is, is he always loves us and he always welcomes us back. Love our children. You know, I think it would be good if that we would make an effort, and I think it could be hard with kids, but I think it would be good if we would make the effort to learn the love languages of our children. And I know for some of you that might sound a little corny, but the, it, there is no question about it that people do definitely feel and experience love differently and express love differently. Not every child is a child. Not, not every one of us feel love. You know, what, what are the five love languages? I know I can always get four. I usually leave one off, and it's usually my wife's, which tells you, uh, uh, pray for me. But there's quality time and acts of service, okay? Uh, acts of service, quality time, the way people feel loved. Gift giving, physical touch, words of affirmation, okay. Uh, five, there's five basic love languages, all right? And most of us are a little bilingual, okay? So we have a little bit of both. My, my, I don't know if my main love language is words of affirmation or physical touch. And physical touch don't, you know, I've talked to guys about this before. Well, yeah, mine's physical touch. <laughs> you know, but, but it's, 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 not, it's not like that, okay? I mean, it's literally just the point of, uh, uh, for, for me, when, when I shake your hand, I'm probably going to touch your shoulder, too. And when my son walks by, I'm liable to, I'm just going to pat him on the shoulder or, or smack him in the back of the head or something. And uh, not hard, not depending, but uh, I, I want to give a hug. But you know what? Don't, don't, you know what? You may have a kid that's not too big on hugs because their love language isn't physical touch. But maybe you do have a kid that's big on hugs. Give them a hug. You know, even if you're one of those people that hug, you know, just hug like one of those beans back there, you know. I mean, make the effort and hug. I mean, learn the, try to learn the love language of your kid. And when it comes to gift giving, for instance, gift giving doesn't have to be spending money. It can literally just be something, a symbol of something, something that's made, something that's, that, that's offered. Um, you know, quality time is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, basically, uh, acts of service. Do something. Uh, let your kids know. I mean, listen, uh, let, let, let your kids feel and know that you love them, all right? So, uh, so that, that's one thing I would say, love your children. There's a lot more that could be said about loving our children unconditionally. Uh, but I want to say also to lead our children. Have you, have, has, did, did any of you ever have parents, or have you ever heard this said, do as I do, do, don't do as I do, do as I say. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. You know, uh, and listen, parents, that, no, no. Forget about that, okay? 
lead your children by example. We must imitate Christ when it comes to training our children. Jesus practiced what he preached. He lived it. He taught it. We've got to try to live and lead our children, not just tell them what to do. We need to be the example of what they need to do. Not just telling them, but showing them. Uh, There's a lot of truth in saying that for kids... There's, there's a lot, some, have you ever heard this? There's a lot more that's caught than there is taught. A lot more that's caught. How do you treat your husband? How do you treat your wife? You ever heard this said about kids? Uh, I don't under, I, I'm understanding this more as time goes by, that the greatest thing that a man can do for his kids is love their mama. And it's probably true for the mom to the husband. There's a security there. There's a blessing there uh, to those uh, children. But lead them. Show them how to treat people. Show them how to be caring. Show them how to be honest. Uh, You know, this doesn't apply to the teenagers today. uh, But how many of you uh, growing up, uh, the the phone would ring, and and they would answer, and your mom would say, if that's Karen, tell her I'm not home. So you'd open up the phone, you'd, you'd answer the phone, uh, yeah, this is Karen, and, and nobody wants a Karen, right? This is Karen, mom's not home. Well, I would get a whooping for lying other times, but right there, my mama's telling me to lie, you know? It's like, what are you doing? Uh, lead your children. Uh, live and show what you ought to be. And, and, and I, I may say more about this in my closing thoughts in just a moment. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I've emphasized this already, so I want to come back to this for those who have adult children especially, that, and for the, those that would have children and everybody, I guess. This doesn't mean that a child doesn't have free will. You know, I think you've got to understand that. I mean, it's, I mean, uh, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old he will not depart a child still has free will uh, and you just got to understand that part but there's a promise here and a commitment to train up our children now again this does not say teach your children in the way they should go now teaching is clearly a part of it and again in my closing thoughts I'll give that as well but it's train train Training and teaching is not the same thing. And I'll tell you one thing for sure. Have you known these folks? And again, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm I'm trying to make that very, very clear. But I just want to encourage, again, I'm never trying to drudge up and beat anybody up from the past, uh, but I'm wanting everybody to learn that bringing your kids to church, number one, is a great, great commitment. And, um, you know, by the grace of God, I, I can think, over the years, I don't think there's been too many times outside of maybe some weather conditions or something like that that we've ever woken up on Sunday morning and the kids say, are we going to church today, right? Or when we, we, it's not a discussion. Um, that's just what you do. And I'm telling you, you look at the emphasis on the, the, the church in the New Testament and you'll understand the importance of church. Please, yes, raise your kids in church. Be committed to the local church. The Bible encourages that strongly. Uh, But 
I've known some who, just, just like we can get in this mentality, it's the coach's job, it's the teacher's job. Sometimes we can think it's everybody else's job in the world to train up our kids. And if we're not careful, we can think it's the church's job, you know, to train and teach our kids. Well, obviously, that is a part of the church's job, is to train and teach all of us. But it's not, that in and of itself is not training up a child. I've known people to where, it, it, that, that literally, that's been the thing they've said that, uh, I mean, even people that, I, that, that are uh, loved ones of mine, that they brought their kids to church every Sunday, and that's wonderful. But they never taught them anything outside of that. They never committed any more time outside of that. And then so, you know, you're giving your kids one hour a week in church, and that's it as far as spiritual influence. And then years go by, and they're like, I don't understand. I trained them up in the way they should go. And it's like, well, you partly did. All I'm trying to say is commit to in spending time into training up your children. Now, I think about this especially with younger children. Train up. By the way, this is really a cool thing. Train up. I looked up the, the, the Hebrew of when the word train up is used. And every other time that that Hebrew word is used for train up, it is used of Solomon dedicating the temple. And the word is used as dedicate. Dedicate. Train up your children in the way. Dedicate your children to the Lord in the way that they should go. Uh, we should start early. The Bible says in Isaiah 28 verse 9, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Man, you know there's something about little kids. Little kids have curiosity. Little kids have memory. Little kids have humility. Little kids have trust. Teach them early. 2 Timothy 3.15 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, I mean, man, as early as you can, start teaching those kids the Bible. Start teaching them things about God. Bring them to Sunday school, man. We're blessed with great teachers. Bring them to the nursery. we got nursery workers that, that are going to give your kids the Word of God, and that's wonderful. But I'm telling you, you do it. As a parent, train them. Give them the Word of God. Teach them what the Bible says. Show them what the Bible says. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. This is interesting. Again, this is uh, uh, going to be hard to get through all this again, but I'll, I'll do the best I can. Uh, train. Train up a child in the way that he should go. In the way. The way there speaks of the bend. The bend of a child. How many of you know that children do not come in standard packages? Each one is different, and we must read the instructions carefully in the way that he should go. I'll tell you right now, you can't bend a full-grown mighty oak. But you can bend a little sapling, can't you, a small tree. You can bend it in the way, and, and you can work the bend. And one of the things about the bend also is, and, and this is a challenge when you're raising little kids, but you may see areas that they're strong in. Train them up in that. Train them up and help point them in that direction that they're strong in. You know, if you have a kid 
you know, that, that, that's super, I mean, I, you know, I think about having a, a, a gifted, uh, a kid that's maybe gifted artistically or something like that. Don't say, well, man, you've got this art thing down, but we're going to devote the rest of the time because you've got to get this math thing figured out. Uh, and I'm not saying don't teach your kids math. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying, why not just cultivate that? Why not encourage that and say, well, you know what? You're obviously bent in this direction. We're going to train you up in the bend, the way that you should go. Uh, you can pray and ask God for direction. And, and, and Lord, w- what is the direction? What is the direction that, that you have gifted this child in? Every child is a gift, and every child is gifted in some way. So the way that he should go. I, I mentioned this in one of the first um, uh, messages about this. Thomas Edison's teachers thought he was, he was too stupid to learn. From what, I, from what I read, they told him, they, they didn't even want him in the school, Thomas Edison. Uh, but his mom said he wasn't stupid, even though his, his teachers thought he was stupid. But his mom said, he's not stupid. He just said, y'all don't understand him. So she had taught him herself. She saw something in her son. She saw a bend in her son that the teachers didn't see. And I think he ended up pretty good. <laughs> he ended up not being too much of a dummy, did he? Um, and so, uh, and so, so Thomas Edison, he was homeschooled and did just fine. Uh, but so, uh, train. But here's, here's another example of train. The word train. The word train also was used to mean to touch the palate. In other words, when they were trying to get a baby to nurse, they would, um, they would put a little taste back on the tongue, uh, a little taste back on the tongue of the, of the baby to get it to try to, try, try to get, uh, 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 encourage it to get, it, get a taste for eating. And so if you think about it in that way, train meaning to touch the palate, man, may God help us to try to give our kids a desire for the Word of God. Man, and one of the ways we can do that is if we're learning and excited about the Word of God ourselves. Um, and, uh, and, and so with that, I, I want to give you this closing thought out of uh, Deuteronomy. I'll try to give it to you as quickly as I can. Understand that much of what I'm saying, there's, there's, a, there's a, a whole message that could be done on about each point that I'm making along the way. But I want to close with Deuteronomy chapter number 6 tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and just give these to you quickly. Notice this, that God promised a future for the family. This is an outline that Adrian Rogers used, and I think the, the title of the message may have been A Future for the Family, so I would encourage you to listen to that. But a future for the family is promised in Deuteronomy 6 verse 2. He said that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and listen to this, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. I'm not going to say a whole lot about this, but it's interesting that God always, when talking about blessing, says, not only do I want to bless your son, I want to bless your son's son. And what he's just simply saying that by that is, I'll know a whole lot more about how I did as a parent when I see my grandkids as adults. I have a whole lot better idea then. Uh, William Booth, was he the founder of the Salvation Army? Somebody help me. I believe he was. William Booth, uh, 
he, uh, he, I can't, he, had a, he had quite a few kids. I'm pretty sure he had over 10 kids. Every one of those 10 kids of his, though, uh, trusted Christ as Savior and become full-time uh, in the ministry for the Salvation Army. And it's just a cool story because, in other words, he brought up his kids in the way they should go. Every one of them became full-time in the ministry. It may have been a dozen or so. Uh, come full-time in the ministry. They all had kids. Every one of those kids got saved and became full-time in the ministry at the Salvation Army. And I believe it was a two, I can't remember how many generations to where uh, generation after generation after generation, there was something that was put into the hearts of those kids that made them want to pass it down to their kids. And that made those kids want to pass that down to their kids. That's what God wants. He, God isn't just looking at our kids. Man, he's looking at our grandkids and, and so on. So, but, but a future for the family is promised. Number two, a future for the family is provided. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. A future for the family is provided, and it is through love. And then a formula is prescribed. Notice Deuteronomy 6 verse 7. The Bible says, and this is what I was talking about, the example of leading them and being an example, spending time. Notice this, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Teach them diligently unto thy children. Um, and uh, let's see, diligently unto, unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Uh, I accidentally deleted my whole message at about, what, 4 o'clock today, and I just realized that I didn't get all of it back. Um, but that's good for you, because it's 8 o'clock anyway. But... <laughs> But, I, but, but literally, I was just going to break down this, this formula prescribed. Thou shalt teach them diligently. In other words, the way we're to lead and teach our children is sincerely. Diligently teaching our children. That sounds like work. You know? And not everybody likes work. But it's going to take some work for our kids. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some commitment. It's going to take some purpose. It's going to take some trial and error. It's going to take some, uh, you think you got everything right, and then you find out, my goodness gracious, uh, you see some app they downloaded, and you're thinking, good grief, I guess I missed that one. Well, you just start over again, and you try to work on them again. Uh, but, 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 but diligently, uh, teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall that thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house. And when thou walkest by the way, we teach our children creatively creatively and conversationally uh, we, we think of ways to teach them the principles of god we conversate we talk to them about the things of god i try to take opportunities when we're you know if, if we're watching sports or if we're watching television or something like that i try to take advantage of opportunities to try to teach the kids something from the word of god or some principle from the word of god um, there's plenty of opportunities out there to try to teach them 
because there's always a bunch of junk coming up. There's good and there's bad, but you can you take the virtuous things and you can take the evil things and you can say, hey, here's what God says uh, about that. Creatively, teach conversationally. A formula prescribed. Uh, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, it sounds like the word of God. And it sounds like this walk with God in Deuteronomy 6 is a big part of this parent's life. It sounds like they're committed to Christ on a daily basis and that, that, that they're to take this and teach it on to their ch- kids. Now, folks, when I read this, believe me, I fall under deep conviction because uh, I know that this isn't quite, doesn't quite describe my experience uh, fully. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses uh, uh, 7, you know, 6, all of these verses, really in Deuteronomy 6, the first part, it, it should be conspicuous. Deuteronomy 6, verse 8, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And what he was just simply saying there is, man, and the Jews took this quite literally, you know, the phylacteries and all that. They would, they would literally have the Scripture hanging in front of their eyes right here and actually have them on their hands. But they were doing that, but they were being all pharisaical and hypocritical as they went on. They, 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 they literally would put the Word of God, roll it up and put it in there, but they weren't practicing it. But, but, but the point is, it, it should be conspicuous. Uh, here's what the Word of God says. Here's, what God, here's how God says we ought to do. Here's what God said we ought not do. Here it is. The Word of God is conspicuous. It's out there um, so that they're able to see it. And you know, ultimately, we know that the ultimate goal of our kids is hoping, because more than anything, I want to see my kids come to Christ Grow in Christ. Uh, Evan asked me a question the other day, uh, and maybe it was a little corny. By the way, kids may roll their eyes sometimes with some of the things you have to say to them. That's just their job sometimes, I think, ain't it? Um, but I was because I don't think this was the answer that Evan's looking for. But it was really on my heart in the moment that he said it. He said, uh, "If you could have anything in the world, what would it be?" Honestly, and my first response was that my children are saved and living for the Lord, basically. And that was what was on my heart uh, at the moment. And that's the truth. Uh, you know, the Bible says in 1 John, in 1 John he, w- he was talking about those who had come to Christ, who were spiritual children. But he still said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in truth. I want my kids more than anything, and, and this ought to be your number one desire, is for your kids to come to Christ. And, uh, and I can't remember, again, I had it, it got deleted, but I believe it was over 75% of people who get saved get saved before the age of 14. Praise God, we've had people saved during the 80s and 90s, and that's, that's a miracle. But most people get saved uh, young. Hey, man, that's the desire, amen? Get those kids, and, and I'm telling you, it makes me, uh, and, and believe me, this year I'm wanting to have even a greater emphasis. We've got, a great, we got great people that work with our kids, man, and do some great things around here, uh, the little ones. Uh, but I just want to make sure, we, we're just going to make sure that we got an emphasis on that, man. Really bringing these kids up to c- come to Christ, to grow in Christ, uh, to be used of the Lord. If you're not saved, that's the greatest thing you need. But I know that's my greatest desire, and I'm glad my kids have come to Christ and, are, and, and have a heart for the things of God. And that, that's what I want to see more than anything. Um, and 